0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 86 of the Bonehead Podcast where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, I'm Ben and today I am joined by our 3D correspondent 3d printing correspondent who is also 3d i'm led to believe ian triple pow triplo ian how you doing today
1: i'm all good and yourself
0: yeah not bad trips thank you so much for joining us today um blunt has moved house and is in the progress of just rebuilding his his life technically um everything <laughs> yeah starting with the 3d printers uh, so we've seen which i think is only fair um, yeah, so uh, Trips, thank you very much. So Trips is jumping in today, and we've got quite a lot to talk about. Not kind of as weird one, like no big things, just lots of little things, and a couple of what? A couple of things that are gonna be big things. Uh, we're gonna cover the almanac. We're gonna cover the big news that came out last weekend for Blood Bowl, and we're also gonna talk about the ITC in 40k and what that means for Blood Bowl. Okay, so let's start with news, and we've basically got some Blood Bowl news here that is Blood Bowl, but isn't really Blood Bowl, and this is Blitz Bowl Trips. Have you come across this in your
1: hobby time? I've seen quite a lot about it, but obviously we've never been able to play it because it's been uh, UK embargoed forever and a day.
0: Yeah, really strange one. Now, this article doesn't say anything about these ones being embargoed, but it there was no confirmation that it wasn't and on the warhammer community facebook thing a bunch of people have asked and they were like um we'll let you know where it's going to be available so this is looking like i got really excited because I was, I was like we've got blitz bowl this is cool this is a great little mini game what a great way to get people into blood bowl maybe maybe not anyway blitz bowl ultimate edition was announced this week um and it is smaller in scale but no less bloody. The six-aside version of Blood Bowl gets a new season, bringing you more glory, gladiatorial action on the gridiron. Uh with streamlined rules that are simple to learn but rewarding to master, you can get into the game at a breakneck pace, quite literally, for some players. This season, two new teams are ready to tussle in a tumultuous tryout. Six human players form the Reavers, while six Gaver make up the Scramblers. You'd also get a pitch, cards, dice, and everything else you need to play, an action-packed strategic sports game for two in less than an hour. I mean just play sevens really, but uh, so yeah, they're releasing another game, another Blitzbowl game, and this one's got a human roster and a skaven roster blue humans brown skaven and all the cards to go with it i just it's a weird one that they they bring out this game and then don't sell it to what has to be one of the primary customer bases. It, which is
1: it's re- really weird you would have thought there's no licensing issue with it but maybe they're a bit afraid with oh. saturating the market with multiple versions
0: I don't know if Games Workshop have ever been worried about saturating a market. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not with their uh, rule books, anyway. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, if I had this, this is. I've got a copy of Blitzball. I've got it from Ben Davey, previously of the Maximal Fire Adeptus Titanicus podcast. Um, I've not played it, but I thought it might, because it's not. There's a lot of stuff in Blood Bowl that is. What i would say is kind of like floating variables you've got to do some you've got to memorize some stats you've got to know your numbers you've got to do a little bit of maths nothing the difficult to overcome if you're committed but if you are casual or just a glancing blow of a of a trying out of a game it can be a barrier if you're a war gamer you're used to that stuff if you're a board gamer you're not like and blitz Bowl, i thought would have been a great opportunity to get tiff to play i mean uh, to get tiff to play seven so i had to take it to tenerife and um, covid has quite disrupted my ability to bribe my wife with travel um <laughs> to get her to play more blood bowl but In a
1: teaser with a six aside not a seven aside
0: well it's just because everything's on the cards everything's ready to go um and you've got the additional victory points things and 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 tiff is really she likes the board games now so you know we've absolutely smashed hogwarts battle and stuff like that so she she loves that stuff but having the like what's the rules for this guy well here's a bit of scrap paper with it written on and this guy's got the, it it just it does create a barrier to what i'd say would be casual board gamers and blitzball was a great kind of intermediary um but i guess we'll never really know uh I, there's a, a couple of people who prefer blitzball to blood Bowl. i mean personally sevens is just excellent but i was hoping this would be a really good way to be like a like a just a, a sneaky way to get people into it
1: that's that's the thing if they do release it and it comes out anyone who plays it well if you like it there's more yeah there's more rules but yeah you like it there's more yeah
0: that's that's it it's like hey it's like blitzball but actually there's one more player the pitch is bigger and it's actually blood ball uh but yeah so blitzball Bowl, vinceball Bowl, and pretty cool there's a couple of other bits there's like a little warhammer quest game that they've released this is their mini game uh sort of series that they kind of drop and no one ever sees except on amazon with a massive import fee so yes maybe We'll get a bit of Blitz Bowl, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be uh, US and Germany was the last one, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for all those dice hunters out there still trying to complete your set with the Blitz Bowl ones, you uh, might need a friend in a foreign country.
0: Exactly, which is not ideal. Now, the next bit of news, we've got a little video to show you because Charlie Victor has teased a new product. So let's put the video in right now. Okay, so it's a pretty cool video. Now, we've done a lot of um, unboxing reviews for Charlie Victor stuff, and the quality is, uh, I think I've always described it as unnecessarily good, because this, <laughs> and I think it is, because it, <laughs> it is premium stuff. And this carry case, you can get your pitch, you can get, what, 26 models in it, uh, your books, your dice, your gear. It looks to be perfect for basically all blood bowl players if you're headed to a tournament if you're headed to a league having this now trips you and i have talked about this before because i am not necessarily disorganized but just chaotic in a way that is um d- 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 just stressful uh so when it comes to me going out the house to do something i either leave it in the car so i could run a blood bowl tournament based on what is just in the boot of my car now because well we went to bomb and uh, then yeah, I never bothered taking it out. Uh, I don't use the car. So, hey, it's all in there. So, basically ready for beachhead. But when it comes to playing a league game or something, you're like, right, where's my team? Let's get the team prep. Let's get it. You've got a different uh, a different strategy for that, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the carry cases. I like having something boxed up. Um, I think part of that's having lots of teams. Um so I don't want to carry them all around with me all the time. I want to carry the one I'm playing around with me, um, and I like to be able to go to a tournament and know I've got everything.
0: That's um that's very solid. So up up until now I've kind of got I've got the tabletop tyrant cases which are pretty good. Um, you can't fit pitch in there. You, if you put your dice in there, you're taking out your model space and and. I don't know, I just end up with a stack of them just with models I'll never use. Or find again, because I think half of them are now in storage. But something like this, I think, is going to be really cool. And um, Duncan said he's going to try and hook us up with uh, one of the preview copies so that actually we can we can show it off. Because I will be ordering this myself, because this is going to be really helpful for, for travelling to tournaments. I kind of use my laptop case at the moment, just with foam trays. And uh, I mean it works but it's certainly not great but you know uh,
1: yeah i mean there's so many different versions out there i mean you can get inserts for the box you can get um i use the kr uh, multi-case set or there's a lot of D bags which will be really good if you want to pack a bit more in um because they're designed for the big books as well Uh, That's quite a clever
0: idea. Anyway, you can see in the video that there's plenty of little pouches for the books and things like that. So it's looking like it's really cool. And I love the way you've got these these secure straps for the pitch as well. I am very excited to find out more about this. Um, Charlie Victor product quality is always excellent. That does mean that they tend to have a price tag that is substantial. It's never like Games Workshop. It's never um, expensive to the point of uh, a Forge World Star player, but it is. You know, you pay for what you get, and the great thing is Charlie Victor actually backs that up every single time with getting something that is going to outlast you, which is a scary prospect. But no, love that. Looking forward to seeing more about that. Okay, okay. Uh, next up, we've got Fanath trips. I, I forgot this one and just chucked it back into the. Uh, into the show notes there uh the Fanath. i love fanath fanath are a european company that makes models that have a second edition glamour to them the dwarf team is it my favorite dwarf team i think it is my favorite dwarf team um oh but the Gribo one is pretty good okay Gribo chalks over fanath dwarfs but pure dwarfs fanath is the best anyway so and the frog team as well is pretty wicked but they have now spoiled and went straight for the pre-order a high elf team so this is a really interesting one so um there's two different levels to buy in the classic elf full team is 45 euros on sale at the moment. Um, this team is in the manufacturing process and we estimate that it'll begin to be delivered on February 25th which is three weeks Um, and as compensation during the pre-order the price will be lowered it's going to go up to 55 euros after this now what does it contain do they have a breakdown on this page they don't have a breakdown on this page so we're going to have to do it the old mark one eyeball um, most famously known for Battlestar Galactica. So it's a high elf set with twelve models in it. Is it twelve models, or is it the full yeah, it set? Like 12. Ah, the full team is sixteen, which is cool. So we have definitely got one two throwers, two blitzers, and then you've got at least one two catchers there, and I think. There's a third and fourth catcher there as well. So it looks like four catchers, two blitzers, two throwers, and then eight line elves to go with it, which is basically going to cover you for most sort of different correlations. Now, I predicted high elves. I think Ben and I both agreed that high elves were likely to be the next team that came out from Games Workshop. We were wrong, and we are going to talk about that in detail in a little bit um so the landing of a high elf team is excellent
1: trips what do you reckon to the team so they're well it's, it's great to have a non-dwarf team <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's for for all the elf players out there it's great to have another elf uh, team on the market because it is a really short team to find i think it's nice that you've got both a male and female elves in the set yeah um not really nice miniatures to look at there's there's one thing I just don't like, and it's the uh, there's a couple of raised foot miniatures which have got a uh, support to the base underneath them. Yeah. I can see yeah, everybody hipping that off. That's
0: old school. That's um like the old Games Workshops when there was uh, Marauder miniatures and like the, the the metal goblins and things with that one foot off the ground. You'd always have that little bit that I kind of assumed was always um like a, a, a casting funnel. Yeah. Man, 3D printing has really taken over. I can't think of what the appropriate term for that. I don't know. It was always We always cut it off as flash. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to call it a, cu- a support for casting. Um, man, we have come so far technologically, haven't we? That is funny. Uh, yeah, though, no, I mean, I've got the um, the two Blitzers up on the screen here. They've got the very cool Calador dragon helmets. They've got the classic high elf armor. You've got scale mail with uh, breastplate, shoulder pad. It looks perfectly fourth fifth sixth edition warhammer these are high elves you look at them and you're like hey games workshop's gonna sue you level of high elf
1: uh it's a nice level of detail without being too much tiny detail to make it impossible to paint so i think they'll paint up quickly really nicely and also you can do some really nice things with them if you want to put a bit more time and effort into
0: them yeah and I've, all the fanath models i've got at the frogs team is just so great they, they're so characterful because they've got that kind of i like i said second edition charm it's because they've got they um i think you've called it there actually the kind of the stylized way that they do these models they, they just they will they kind of paint themselves but You're right, if you want to do non-metallic metal, if you want to do a bit of gem glimmer or fancy flesh tones, they've got all the detail there for it. And Fanath have done a great job here by actually including a size comparison to a human thrower. And the elves are taller, but doesn't look like they are significantly taller to the point where they're going to look ridiculous. So actually, excellent. Happy with the scale. Really looking forward to getting our hands on this because currently if you want a good high elf team there's the wild the way one which is very stylized because it's super true scale which is cool but super true scale uh, or you kind of have to convert the elven union team um you know otherwise i don't think there's a there isn't a high elf team that kind of leads the pack you know when it comes to chaos dwarves grebo chaos dwarf team now leads the pack you know when you think of where do I get a Norse team from? Mm, don't know yet. Where do I get a high elf team from? I really don't know. You have to make your own. Part of that is charming, but now Fanath for forty-five euros or fifty-five euros when it goes to full price, or sixty-five euros actually for the sixteen players. Sixty quid for sixteen players—that's that's Kickstarter pricey, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it's worth pointing out that that pre-order sales prices only till monday the 7th so if you want to jump in in it do it quickly yeah
0: you've got a few days and that is that is it basically as this podcast comes out anyway it's cool to see fanath doing stuff what do you think to the the way they're doing a pre-order instead of doing the kickstarter in uh,
1: i think i think they've proved that they can really just crack on and do it um i, I don't know what kickstarter take as a Uh, a cut or the detail but I guess this just puts them in direct control of it, everything themselves
0: Yeah, I mean Ben and I talked about this a few episodes ago because we talked about like the the model that Punga have taken when it comes to their Kickstarter Uh, Grebo feel like they do one every three months uh, which is really cool, because you get a quarterly kind of, oh, it's a project, oh, there's some excitement. Like, that's pretty sweet. Whereas Punga are just like, once a year, they're like, you know what, we haven't done a Kickstarter for a while. Let's do six teams in one go. Um, and I, I feel like there's a bit of a... This is probably my 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 retail training coming in here, but I feel like there's a bit of... You, you called it already saturation. Like, uh, if you release £300 worth of product, people are going to spend up to what they're what they've got spare so you know you produce six teams they're going to buy two or they're going to blood tie bennett and buy all of them but the people who would buy six across the year will probably only buy two or three that they can afford and then they will never go back and buy the others but if you do a Kickstarter every three months it's cool a new team i'll get that you know it's only 45 euros when it's on sale so it's, it's an interesting one because they've got punga doing that model of heavy on kickstarter Versus Fanath, who are just like, yeah, we just want to sell our product. I mean,
1: yeah. what... what you want, though, is you, you just hope that there's enough stock that for those who want to go back in three months' time, it's still still on the website and you can still order it. It's um, it's also worth noting, just looking on the website, there is a, a basic team version as well. So a 12-player version that's also up for pre-order and uh, sale now. So yeah, if you if you don't want a full team and you just want
0: twelve. Thirty five Euros. Euros for that. That's excellent. And that's got two blitzers, two throwers, two catchers with the lion plates and six linemen. I mean, thirty-five Euros is well, I mean, that's thirty-two pounds really, isn't it? So that's what, six quid more than a games workshop box team. Um plastic resin as well. So that's good. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who hate metal. I love metal models, but they are right. It, the paint does not stick to them very well. Um, and these guys all look like they're single casts, don't they, as well?
1: They look really nice. So, um, yeah, I think I think if you're in the market for an elf team, you're not going to go wrong if you want to pick these guys up.
0: The only thing I would love to see about this is the ability to to get extra players um is as great as high elves are performing at the moment it would be really lovely to have the option to have four blitzers so you could run them as a as a dark elf team as well um and there there's uh in fact it was on whip wednesday this week a uh, chap managed to get his hands on two of the classic high elf teams and i was like this is great you know you've got four blitzers you can run them as dark elves if you if you don't fancy floating them out as high elves and fanath will i'm sure eventually open them up but it just would have been nice to be like hey here's a full team here's a really full team with two extra blitzers so you can run it for dark elves as well so if you are out there companies uh players and coaches for blood bowl will want more so if you're thinking put this out for 16 players you can sell us 20 you just have to be clever about it
1: and we all know that you always need more because uh, two league games in, you're going to need that third journeyman all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah,
0: you could never get enough elf linemen. No, brilliant. Like that from Fanath. Uh, we've got a couple of Kickstarter bits now as well. There's one from Hungry Troll, I believe, which is The Wastelanders, which is an interesting one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's have a look at the price point first. So, uh, £17, early Wastelanders. Um, include all the STL files in the Kickstarter. Otherwise, it goes down to £21 for the same thing. Pre-supported and Chitty box available and be delivered on March 2022. Okay, so the Wastelanders here. Uh, what team is this supposed to be? Or have they got basically a good mix? Let's have a look.
1: It looks like it's... Uh snotling team a skaven team so it's probably an underworld there's a there's quite a lot of bits and pieces you can get wagons
0: yeah we've got war wagons little snotlings motorheads which are your pogo stick dudes you've got hoopers which are squig riders there's a are oh, that troll have you seen the troll trips
1: that troll uh, that's a customizable piece if ever They're yeah
0: Oh, and the rat men have got it as well. Uh, So I'm getting excited because we've got the troll here with um, eight, seven or eight different mutated arms. And it looks like they also fit on the rat ogres as well, which is pretty great. So when you're coming to do mutations and conversions, you get that. Uh, And we've got some stretch goals for them here. So here's a gallery of the models. So you've got war wagons, which are, that's amazing. That's a mutated ogre on a tricycle,
1: isn't it? It's pretty pretty special.
0: That (laughs) with some little snotlings with stick grenades on the back. That's a very strange. It's like a Mad Max kind of snotling team. Um, that's definitely Mad Max, isn't it?
1: Uh, That that does look like something that uh, you could scale up and make a lovely diorama out of. That's very true.
0: The motorheads are literally bouncing around on a motor you've got the squig dudes which are pretty cool too so yeah and the troll with the different mutations is very cool um and you get a rat ogre again with slot for mutations which is pretty good too and you get a Ratman blitzer with slots that that boy looks like a rat ogre level you get throwers as well so this is a very strange mix so we've got line rats Got thrower, we've got runner, uh, merchant. So, this is is this snotlings or is this underworld?
1: It's very um, vague, yeah, it's probably vague and it's STLs as well. So, I mean,
0: it's a, it's a cool way to yeah, get some STLs, uh, yeah. These rat men look a lot like beastmen as well. So, okay, so there's one, two. Two different line rats. You get one gutter runner, one thrower, one blitzer uh, and... With different mutations. One rat ogre with mutations.
1: A troll. With mutations. No goblins anywhere? Uh, No, it's just the the snotlings. Interesting.
0: But... Oh, goblins. they've got stretch goals. Stretch goals, yeah. Okay, so three thousand is an ogre star player. Four thousand is a surprise big guy. Six thousand is four mutated goblins. Uh oh, and there's magnet holes for the mutation bits. Interesting one. It's a pretty good way to it's a pretty interesting way to do this. You can therefore run this as a, a snotling team. Uh yeah, snotling team and as an underworld team then. Which is yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool all right that's definitely one to look at if you've got a 3d printer uh size wise and model wise they look good pre-supports look pretty decent um big fan of pre-supported stuff even if i was let down this week and uh, i did have a fail on a pre-supported piece that i just felt utterly robbed by i was like well i could have made this mess myself anyway um Oh, forgot to look at how that one was doing actually uh 759 pounds against an 833 pound goal so with 14 days to go that will definitely meet the target which means there's going to be some pretty cool underworld stls kicking around
1: um, and yeah, its target i think it's stretch which is might be a bit of a stretch
0: yeah what was it six grand for the goblins yeah um, three four
1: and six grand. Yeah. so yeah uh,
0: it's a bit of a shame in that one, but you know, we'll see. Never, you never know. Uh, the next one we've got Crazy Girls. Now, this is from Cedric Snowmodel, and he's been doing some great sculpts kicking around. So, this is basically an Amazon team, uh, 1,380 pounds against a target of 166. Now, this is more STLs, isn't it? Um, yeah. what do we got? Warrior Clan included 14 STLs, 19 pounds. Basic team, 21 pounds. Seven line women, two throws, two catches, four blitzers. Uh, and 26 pounds is the same including all the stretch goals and for 38 pounds you can get the commercial license which is actually pretty low isn't it um Hmm. so let's scoot down here and have a look at the team uh so line women i mean they do fall a little bit into the barbarian woman
1: trap or trope the trope trap definitely, definitely a team that if you like painting skin then you're gonna have (laughs) plenty of opportunities for this team
0: yeah uh they're quite tall looking i've got to say though the blitzers with the skull faces is that looks like a war cry warband at that point yeah
1: they they look very usable for other things and the cool thing
0: is that there's um there's square based armed versions so if you wanted to play I don't know, use Amazons in Warhammer or something like that. You've got the mod you've got fantasy combat versions, which is actually pretty cool with some classically sized weapons. Ah, there's those blitzers again. And uh, blitzers are very cool models. Um there's a couple of stretch goals, extra line women, there's a big guy model, which is a pretty cool guy. You've got tokens, cheerleaders. I like that they've included the test prints in these and they've come out really, really well.
1: They've come out really well.
0: Oh those yeah, the Blitzer heads are really cool. Yeah, interesting one. Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, The Crazy Frogs team, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, Cedric does some really good stuff. Really good stuff. Cool. That is a interesting one. Uh, when's this one going on for? When does it finish? It finishes in 17 days. So you've got a couple of weeks. Monday, 21st of February for the Crazy Girls kickstarter uh and a couple of bits more brute fun who we featured a couple of times on the show has now got a mini factory and my mini factory page as well the Lizardman team has been fully released with all the gubbins and there is an additional model that he has provided us as well that i think is already on there for the my mini factory uh, but we will talk about that at beachhead because it's going to be some of the prizes so that's pretty cool which i think trips means the next bit of news is not blood bowl related but i wanted to talk about it anyway because big fans of war cry here on the show and i know oh, yeah. that you are a big fan of Warcry cry as well trips and i thought this was clever so underworlds is not Warcry. cry underworlds is a warband board game um you got a box of dudes it can be what Three or four dudes, up to like nine dudes, depending on the yeah, type of... The,
1: eight yeah. or nine, depending on which which, yeah. which gang you get.
0: And we've seen there's some cool, like the vampires, we saw them, we got excited because we thought a vampire team was coming. Um, Games Workshop has said that in Warcry, they are going to use these warbands and they are going to put model rules for them so that you can use your underworld warband in Warcry, which I think makes Warcry infinitely,
1: infinitely more accessible. Um, I love the phrases, an extra 32 Warpans worth of choices. That's just like it's a lot in one go.
0: massive, but you can also take the guys individually, so depending on what you've got. So this is not just star players, but that's basically what it is. It's 32 teams of star players uh, is being added into Warcry. Now, Warcry is a fast, chilled skirmish game. Really good. Um, we played a good few games, a bit at club, but it's just really enjoyable. The ability to take a warband that has a lot of character and a lot of style and you can add a couple of guys to it and run it now in Warcry is brilliant and I love to see it. Uh, it is basically star players being added to, to Warcry and it's really big and I think once we get through Beachhead, we should definitely get some Warcry games in because this is a really cool little game. It's a nice way to get your fantasy skirmish on the go. And if you like the blood bowl size of game, so sevens to elevens, where you've got that amount of
1: dudes, it's a really, yeah. it's a really fun little game to play as well. Um, and it's about the length of just over about a sevens game when you really rattle yeah. through it. It's yeah, we got two games in in a, in a club night, and that was with us all learning the rules the
0: for the first time. Yeah, no. <laughs> It's excellent. But now it just means there's more choice and the choice is about the same price as the Blood Bowl team to get into. So I thought it was worth talking about because I just do love it's a little great. bit.
1: It's great to see the integration across the the, the games because yeah, most of us have got more than one games workshop box <laughs> very close to us. So the ability to, uh, to start mixing and matching games is... Uh... Yeah, I think it's changed a few to-do hobby lists today. Oh,
0: massively, including mine, because actually now you've got a nice little hobby project to get on the go. Uh, yeah, really impressed with this, really impressed indeed. And before we move on, there is one other thing to say. just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who supports us on the channel by subscribing we just hit 10,000 uh, subs on youtube which is very exciting um, and a massive thank you to everybody who supports us on patreon sure. massive thank you to everyone who supports us and those patreons who joined us this week uh chris tweddle uh david Ankers, david fitcher michael Bullman, sven lemkool rice 33 and um everybody else who are supporting the show it's awesome thank you so much and we genuinely couldn't do what we do without you guys so a massive thank you and now let's ramble on about hobby and we're back and it is hobby time and trips i'm just gonna go straight into it because uh, i have not done a huge amount of hobby Um, It's been a busy couple of weeks, Uh, the kind of projects just starting off because the end of the financial years happened, so it's been, you know, doing stuff. But I have been able to do some 3D printing in the background, and I have been led astray by uh, friends of the show, Rick and Craig, into epic 40,000, but Adeptus Titanicus scale, and it is just unnecessary fun. It's so good. Uh, I've got a little picture on the background here of a few bases of infantry and of a few tanks, and it's just made me so happy, Trips.
1: The, the, the glee that you have been sharing those pictures with the rest of us <laughs> and, 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 and the ever-increasing black hole of bringing everyone else into it is working beautifully.
0: You did a great job of resisting, I have to say
1: um for now i will Uh, will get you i got my my hobby rules and trying to stick to them
0: (laughs) (laughs) but no i mean obviously i've not i've I've not done any painting when it comes to these guys but i have printed some stuff off and rick has already started painting his his painting was pre-heresy basically what we're going to do is we are making pre-heresy armies um adeptus Titanicus scale just so we can play a game of epic 40,000, and we're all kind of gonna you know, go and have a go at printing and painting a 2000 2500 point army i'm gonna be doing a chapter i haven't quite decided what yet craig's gonna be doing the golden boys the adeptus custodes rick is almost finished painting his dark elves as dark elves dark angels and ben is talking about doing world eaters but i uh, think he might just be building his garage uh for a while yeah. <laughs> with that one i reckon um, so yeah in Hobbyland that has been basically my driver. Uh how about you?
1: So I had the uh, the January drive to can I build what I got for Christmas. So got some war cry uh, chaotic beasts in the Formeroid. Uh so finally got well finally got the desk back together uh last week, got them uh, assembled and uh, primed so that counts as painted um, and <laughs> working on my show. way through the the kill team miniatures now um, and uh, just today got the 3d printer back and powered back in again so uh, now working on uh, a slightly different hobby project to uh, to uh, use on the desk
0: no, I mean, your hobby space optimization has been awesome to watch. I think that's, you know, kind of inspired Ben and his new house to get the his hobby space all set up properly and everything. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the death core of Creek guys you've got for Kill Team, they are are—they're really great models. They're really fun models.
1: Um, they are really nice. I'm, I'm just about to get to that stage when I go, hmm, right, I've got 15 spades. Where am I going to stick them?
0: <laughs> there you go. Save them for, for some kind of underkeeper blood bowl team. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wicked. I mean, yeah, this Warcry thing is, is is pretty exciting. Um, but, I mean, the biggest focus right now has got to be on Beachhead, uh, which is coming up in six days. So, well, it's not six days. It's just over a week, isn't it? So when this podcast comes out... A week. It- it's a week to go. Now, as this podcast comes out on that Saturday, there are still tickets available. Pete's made sure there's still a few tickets available. So if you have missed out or you've gone, oh my goodness, I'm now free or anything like that, please, you can pick up a ticket, but get your rosters into a away. I've been checking them off this week. I've got the full attendee list from Entoyment last night. So on Saturday, that'll go up on our website with have I had your roster, have I not had your roster. Um, and then the final week of panic roster check-in goes in. Basically, the earlier we get the rosters, the easier it's going to be on the morning of the tournament and we're on the way to 100 players on the saturday now so it's the the more time you save the more time it saves for all of us uh, on the day which is pretty cool because the more time the quicker it goes the more time you got to mooch around the show and
1: that's kind you of say the, the quicker, quicker you get it done the uh, more time you can go and uh, browse what you're going to go and buy at lunchtime
0: mm. It's a full-on games convention. Uh, there's going to be thousands of people there, loads of traders, loads of games. It's it's looking like it's going to be absolutely awesome fun. Um, We've got a couple of boxes. I think most of the prizes have turned up now. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming back to enjoyment as well. We've got half the dice. We've got some other of goodies for the event coming. I'm picking up the trophies, uh, I think, on Monday or Tuesday next week. Um, had to spend hundreds of pounds on trophies, but they're proper trophies engraved shinies and everything it's gonna be awesome um and the other thing I need to do is order the leaflets for the Dorset dungeon bowl actually so I can give them to all the competitors because uh, you know we'll get beachhead done and dusted and then four months later it's uh, three months later it's uh it's gonna be dungeon bowl Entoyment, which is also gonna be awesome um still waiting to hear back from the naf on what they're rules are for um sanctioning regular teams in a dungeon bowl event um that's why we haven't put the rules out yet is because i'm not sure if we're allowed to um that's not fair i'm not sure if we're going to be able to be NAf sanctioned for the dungeon bowl event because it will be normal teams you will be able to take normal teams no star players but you will be able to take normal teams because i just think it's too you're just gonna i don't want to alienate people and let's face it Trips. we've looked at the dungeon ball teams if you're going to start scratch with a dungeon ball team it's gonna it's it's not
1: easy is it no you, you're talking multiple boxes i mean for those those of us who are lucky enough to have the pr- access to the printers it's easier to fill out a team with uh, yeah. third-party bits and pieces but yeah i think and we've seen it before with with mixed team tournaments yeah the yeah. uh the it's there's no overpowered teams if you just take a normal team it's uh, it's just a different challenge on the day
0: yeah it works better and that's it that's what we want uh, the maps are set uh, thanks to you helping me figure out the right way to do it for the for the day we'll have the maps all sorted all organized one of them is built and test printed and we'll get the second one done probably actually I've already designed it just need to make it fancy and get it get our print test for it which is very exciting. Um oh yeah. It's gonna be a good year for Blood Bowl. Uh already can feel it. Uh now we talked some new stuff. There's a couple of bits we skipped out because we want to go into it a little bit later. But I mean trips, have you played any games of Blood Bowl
1: recently? Well I I played a game of Blood Bowl. Um and played is probably <laughs> a, a stretch. I rolled a few <laughs> dice in, in it and um I'm just about getting over the shakes from that game uh, uh yeah. that we we played for the uh, channel uh yeah we played uh was it the the was it the last
0: regular season game and the the last, dice last regular
1: season game and went in style
0: oh yeah i mean it was dramatic um but there was definitely some some dicing i'd love to see all the comments that are just like respects to you um because <laughs> there are it's it's a, it's a really fun game to watch there's a couple of really great things to see in it um but the biggest one and i love that people have picked up on this is they've picked up on the fact that you know you were fighting against the dice in a lot of situations but you stuck to the plan and it was excellent it was a proper lesson in actually play to my outs. let's stick with the strategy i just need to roll a single three and it will be okay and it turns out that the, well watch the video um
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i my my highlight was uh watching you predict the future uh, and then uh yeah having to suffer the fate as you predicted the
0: future <laughs> oh yeah i know so watch it watch a lot of nfl and you kind of get the 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 commentators lead on uh you know like Uh, this guy's not he's not this guy's not missed a field goal all season just you set up the big moments and yeah that was a (laughs) i felt like such i felt horrible at that point i was like this is terrible absolutely terrible but it was a it was a good game it's always a good fun game um and thank you very much for jumping on now let's talk nfl real quickly um the packers got got gone to the 49ers uh
1: which i believe you were feeling quite good about trips i i, I was uh, uh yeah as a 49ers fan i was uh, pleasantly surprised to uh, to see that result um uh, and yeah that the, the packers just got bashed yeah the- bashed all over the place by the 49ers yeah the packers got
0: diced in that game um but then the 49ers got gone as well by the rams which is a pretty cool story. So the Super Bowl this year will be the Bengals and the Rams. Now the Rams have been good for a couple of years. They've got a mostly good team, mostly good coach. Now they brought a quarterback from a garbage team with a great arm. And now they're they're, they're playing really well. And then the Bengals, they've got a star thrower who came back from a horrid injury last year. And they've been really fun, really spiky. And now we've got this Super Bowl that I don't think anybody could have predicted... And I just, it's great.
1: Yeah, you, you've you got good money on uh, betting on the Bengals being in the Super Bowl. I just, yeah. But uh, that's, it's going to be a great game. And yeah, I, I i think there'll be a lot of people cheering on the Bengals because uh, the Rams have, uh, they've traded away the future of their team for this year. So yes. uh, they're sort of all in on this.
0: This is kind of like the new meta in the NFL now, isn't it? It's like, I'd spend more money than we have for one good run of it. Uh, Tom Brady's now retired after the, the the Bucks did that for a couple of years. It's been a really interesting little football season. But Trips, the the Super Bowl, I need to know what your prediction is going to be. Is it going to be the Bengals or is it going to be the Rams? Uh,
1: so as a 49ers fan, I've seen the Rams yes. do their best to screw up and... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for the Rams fans. I think at some point in the third quarter Stafford is going to break your heart with that gut-wrenching pick that he put, throws out every once in a while and the, the Bengals are going to come back in the last 10 minutes and uh shock mm. us all.
0: So you think that Stafford's going to do a Garoppolo and uh yeah. Yeah. No. I dude, you know what? I'd be very excited for the the Bengals to win. Uh I I think I want them to win, but actually Having watched the Packers play against Matt Stafford for 10 to 12 years uh, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers loves Stafford so much as a quarterback as well. it's He's kind of, like, this guy is amazing. He just needs to be on a proper team. Ta-da. So, actually, I don't mind. I, I kind of think I'd like Stafford to win this one because Burrow is only in his second year. So... Borough is going to have plenty of opportunity to run out again. So it's a good one. I, I did the pick videos. The pick videos for the first two rounds went quite good. I got, yeah. went 5-1 and one in the first one and then went 0-4 oh in the second, which was complete <laughs> garbage. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was an interesting one, but it was fun anyway. And uh, if you like your sports, that's good. But the cool thing is the Super Bowl will be the night of the second semi semi-final, hopefully, for the Bonad Championship, and then the week after will be the Bonad Championship final. So when you're sitting at home thinking oh, I miss football, watch the Bonehead Championship because the, the, that first week of misery after the football season ends, if you're an NFL fan, come watch some Blood Bowl. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that for me, that's all the hobby goodness. Trips, anything else exciting for you?
1: Uh, nothing, nothing else. Just looking forward to uh, next weekend and seeing the uh, biggest Blood Bowl tournament we've
0: ever been to. Ah, it's going to be awesome. Right, talking of awesome stuff and exciting news, I think it's time to talk about the big thing that we've not talked about. So let's go talk about that. Okay, so we had a very busy Blood Bowl news weekend uh, that all started with this picture here. Now, this picture is of a Rat Ogre box with what it was inside not at all being a rat okay it was hairy it had claws but it had jaws and this went huge saturday night i think it was
1: trips is that right yeah it was saturday night i woke up sunday morning to that picture in our group chat and i was like what what have i missed yeah yeah
0: sunday morning so what did tiff and i do we tiff and i did something on saturday i think it might have just been do we go out for dinner or was movie night or something uh can't remember we did something and it meant that I was not paying attention to the hobby of an evening, and it was lovely. And then I woke up the next day, and there was messages and emails and the group chat, and I was like, what has happened? And then we saw this, and it led to what has to be a great 24 hours of conspiracy theories. So basically, um, several people had bought a rat ogre, and it had been delivered, and inside it was what appeared to be a completely different model and the people who got it did a great job they kept all the the games workshop tabs because if you bought a resin model from forge world they've got these chunky plinths of resin that i'm assuming is important to the casting process and to just making your product feel like it's worth the 47 pounds um that you've paid for it Uh, and then there was a picture of it built and it very much looked like a yeti and there was some bits there but the cool this is my favorite bit and i don't know what you thought about this ian but like how it went from oh cool i've got a yeti to that's fake that's not a real games workshop model uh which was my first thing i mean that was <sighs> when you saw it did you think it was fake
1: so when i saw it with the the that big chunky base on uh it, I just thought someone's made a huge cock-up, but that's <laughs> that's a preview model in a rat ogre box. Uh, and I think I think there were there were two sets of people. Those who would wish they'd tried to buy a rat ogre and were trying to get a Snow Yeti, and uh those who were determined that uh, April had arrived a bit early and we were being absolutely wound up.
0: That is it. And I've I've got to say, uh I was convinced it was real but never underestimate people on the internet because it could have been faked and it would have had to have been done incredibly well anyway this model landed they showed these build versions of it and it was like this is a yeti there was a couple of speculations that maybe it was a vargulf maybe it was a, a bat person for vampire teams and it got crazy and we speculated on the channel we were like you know what you know what's going to happen tomorrow Uh, It's going to be New Miniature Monday and we are going to see Games Workshop kind of scramble around to unveil what it was in the end. And what it was in the end was in fact a Yeti. And the thing I absolutely love about what Games Workshop did was they played into the Bigfoot vibe. They said, look, there's this fuzzy picture and the movement pose looks so much like the classic Bigfoot picture as well that it was just excellent and when i did the video on the sunday uh, i i chucked in the bigfoot photo because this was just massively the vibe and i just i was over the moon with all of it i thought it was brilliant fun and now they've released the fact that we've got this yeti so i guess my
1: first question
0: is what do you think to the model
1: so I, I i like the model uh and I mean, it's. I think the painted up version they showed does the model much more justice than the pictures we saw, because um, there was lots of concern about the scale and the legs and the arms. But I think the paint job of the, the model really brings it out nicely.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um Oh, I've got the photo of the Yeti, but it's upside down. Anyway, uh, it... <sighs> Yeah, when the first when it was first shown up, there was even people saying, Oh, this wasn't a games this isn't a games workshop model, you know. Look at the proportions, look at the legs, the legs are too small, the arms too big, this is uh someone else has done this. It was awesome the speculation. But when you see it painted, it's just phenomenally good. And uh, this has got to mean that we're seeing Norse next in, surely.
1: Oh, it's 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 I mean the article doesn't confirm or deny anything, but there's no way you'd make a yeti model without the team that the yeti plays for yeah
0: and this is this is really interesting so I mean let's talk about the the monumental mess up first of all I mean the other great part to the puzzle about this was uh, how many accusations were there saying um games workshop have leaked this on purpose. Uh, <laughs> do you th- do you think that could be in any way true
1: i i don't think that could be true but i i, I do wonder do you get a refund on your rat ogre if you get a snow yeti <laughs> well that's one thing we need to find out but games workshop
0: customer service generally speaking are really good so i'm pretty sure that these guys just got a free yeti model uh which yeah. yeah, is just awesome so when my rat ogre turned up i was gutted to find a rat ogre in it um i was like come on let's do this uh i mean i have a i have an opinion on this one and i think i want you to tell me whether this is reasonable or not so from a, a production point of view what i believe to have happened is yes the people who sort the models will probably that will probably be sorted automatically okay by the you know you cast the models you chuck them in a big box one arm one arm one arm one arm one leg one leg one leg one leg, one leg. but the packet is sealed and i mean i don't know when the last time you bought a four job model was in but they are sealed real good and you are going to need um. an exacto blade to cut it open you can't seal stuff like that by hand that is done by machine so i think they split the models up and then they go into the run. They car- It gets carded and it gets sealed. And I imagine that is done by a machine. What I think has probably happened is that Carl, the new guy, has left paper in the printer. I mean, you and I have both worked in many offices yeah. and it's always fun to see, uh, you know, confidential stuff that people have just left in the printer. And you're like, um, oh, yeah. yeah, come on, guys. So I believe... Someone just loaded up the printer, left the Rat ogre ones in the bottom, the printer was full, they've then gone to box up the Yetis, and they've whipped it through, and it's been labelled up with the Rat ogre instead. And then John's come along and gone, for goodness sake, Carl. Or someone's just noticed that they're rat ogres. And when you look at a bo- when you look at a box full of rat ogres it's it's gray plastic with a massive picture of a rat ogre, right so they're just going to go right now that batch there they've been put in with the yetis like that's ridiculous like whip them out come on let's put them back someone's gone oh rat ogres are mixed in that's stupid and put them back in with the rat ogres without checking the models and then they've sent out the rat ogres and it's actually just because of that labeling error that's my grand theory
1: that that would that will work the uh, that theory could be really backed up in if you order a yeti in the future and you get a rat ogre
0: <laughs> yeah that would re- that would suck that would be really disappointing um <laughs> as long as you don't accidentally get a frankenstein uh then it's probably fine but no i think i don't think games workshop would ever do this as a hype thing however
1: it works so maybe they do it, i don't know it- It works. The bit that makes me think they didn't do it as a hype thing is that the article looks like it was a Monday morning panicked marketing meeting of we're going to have to confirm it. We don't have anything else to say. So let's get some pictures. Let's get it up. Yeah. And let's try and forget that this weekend happened.
0: (laughs) And I think they did a great job. And the way they've posed it is exactly the same as the classic Yeti walking model, the Bigfoot walking pose from the photo, and I think it's excellent. So whoever's done that, um, excellent recovery. You know what, confirming the model is brilliant. It built up a huge amount of excitement, and I think they've just done a really good job of taking an, an innocent mistake and just maximizing it. And I've got to say, I mean, Trips, you and I work in, in corporate environment, well played like they 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 dropped the ball they picked up the ball and they threw a touchdown like that's yeah they they, they didn't quite garoppolo it <laughs> yeah they sadly they are and it anyway great model so now the big question this is a spoiled model this has been potato cammed but they clearly had one painted up nobody can paint this in 24 hours not like this not this good um so this has been done but i don't know how long their release schedule is ahead of time i mean it, we could i guess still see high elves do you think yeah do you think they would change the release schedule
1: i don't think they'd change release i think too much is set in stone months in advance with yeah. with stuff nowadays i don't think that'll change and we all remember the trean. Is the tremon come out yet? <laughs> so it's been um, out for years, isn't it? Um yeah. Um you are bang on. So I, there. I don't think they'll change the release, release schedule, but yeah, I think we're seeing a Norse team in the next three to six months tops. Yeah.
0: And that's it. So uh we had a good a good chat about this in some of the video comments um about when we could see Norse and stuff like this and they sort of said well did what, what did last year's releases look like and last year was a very atypical year and i think you know we saw the huge volume of releases at the end of the year which really tied in with the shipping stuff getting back to normal didn't it so
1: yeah, yeah. everything was stuck on a boat somewhere for far too long
0: yeah and and the almanac do you think the almanac was supposed to be released in now or do you think it was supposed to be released before christmas
1: so previously, they were always released just before Christmas. Yeah. Um, but you've got to have a gap between the last spike and it coming out. Otherwise, you're just going to murder the sales of that spike.
0: Uh, that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't considered that. Uh, I kind of thought mm, maybe they didn't want to drop it at the same time as Dungeon Bowl, but I don't think that would bother them. But I do think that maybe with the Almanac landing now in the essentially the February time slot, uh i think what have we got i think there's a depticon is it a depticon in april yeah i think that's probably when we'll see the next team and if they've got this model ready to go then yeah it's probably norse end of march april time um and that would be my prediction but the question is what do you, do you think how much do you think the roster will change
1: well uh, to controversial this one, one so uh, uh, some people would say that the uh, Norse have too many positionals. Um, <laughs> I've heard that once or twice, uh, and they seem to be going with the the sort that sort of standard roster build model. I hope they don't tweak the roster too much because I think Norse uh, can be really good fun, and they're the they're the classic team of if your dice roll well you'll have a great day if your dice don't roll well you'll need yeah. five journeyman next week
0: <laughs> um the catchers on that team are sneakily some of the best players kicking around movement seven with block and agility access means that they are blodgers in no time at all but they need it because like you said they are eight plus so it's a really interesting roster i part of me thinks we should see a little bit of a change to the roster, and yes, I am the person who says there's too many positionals. Because I think, I, I think the berserkers and the Ulf Warreners are a bit too much of a crossover. It's a strange one, um, and the thrower. I can see
1: one of them being dropped or a, a tweak to yeah. them, and you can have four maybe. Yeah, and,
0: and I don't know if we'll see that. Or I think I think I would prefer the thrower to go and just change the catcher into a runner name um, because yeah. the throw is a strange one it's an interesting one um I, I don't know what they'll do for the box set but one of the great things that came out of this article that milton actually picked up on the yeti's number is numbered up with 15 mm-hmm. which raises the question of does that mean that the norse box has 14 players in is this too much of a stretch trip? So do you think that that, do you think, I think that's pretty reasonable. I think that's a pretty clever assumption.
1: I think that it's a good assumption, but that's assuming that they've thought through the number of players in the box, who the Yeti's going to be, and they've told the person painting the model all of that. Well, they've given them the transfers. Because these yeah. are the these
0: are the transfers. So, uh, They're definitely so, transfers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really cool uh, dragon head that looks like it's from the front of a long boat. Yeah. Um. As the as the team icon there. Oh, Forge World. I am a human. Stop telling me to click pictures of buses. Why is it? Why? Why do this, Forge World? Very oh, strange. All the time. Yeah. So
1: annoying.
0: I baffling. It's like what what robot is trying to do stuff to forge world anyway yeah uh so i don't know i think there is definitely an argument to be made for it and when we did the maths on the player types two Wolf foreigners two catchers two berserkers two throwers and six linemen comes to 14. so if they don't tweak the roster and they provide 14 players in a box which one would be amazing um and that would tie in nicely could you see them doing that
1: i can see them doing it we've seen a few more teams that are one box um and they're very popular because you can literally buy the box build them up and take them to the club two days later
0: that's it you you're one and done and it is really interesting to to think that that's might what they might be doing um now the teams we've seen 14 players in have been Skinny teams because if you think about what uh, we've had, undead and necro, they had fourteen players in, right? But yeah. most of their players are not a lot of plastic. They're skinny models that don't take up a huge amount of space on the sprues. The corn team, with a couple of strength four boys and a whole bunch of muscle, which I you would have to assume that the Norse guys would be the same kind of proportion as the corn team. I don't think they could have fit an extra two corn guys on that roster. No. And that would be potentially my my counter argument. Um, just doing a bit of a bit of digging here. I'm checking out the blood spawn to see if it was numbered, and it wasn't numbered. Okay, I thought maybe there's a bit of correlation there. Hmm. So it's a very interesting one. But I mean, Norse landing is pretty great. Okay, the rot spawn is numbered thirteen, and there was twelve dudes in the box. The Rat Ogre. Is he numbered? He is numbered. He's numbered 15. All right. Mm.
1: Uh, mm. Maybe it's their big guy number and they're doing it just to wind us all up. Maybe.
0: Maybe it's just the whole conspiracy thing. Man, that Rat Ogre model is really nice. It, I feel bad. I mean, I think we should take a moment to respect the fact that they've released a really lovely Rat Ogre model and just. Nobody wants it. And just, it's now. You know, dead to us. Like it's just ah, oh, it got FOMO'd in the face. It's a terrible thing to happen to a rat ogre. Um yeah, interesting. Right, so I think we're safe to say Norse confirmed and we reckon spring release. And that's great news because there's a lot of there was a lot of concern about the teams of legend not landing. Um or being massively changed up or being overridden because the last what six Games Workshop teams have been new teams. Cord, new team. Blackhawks, nobility, snotlings. Uh is that it? All new teams? Then the Necro team was Team of Legend but got revamped. Yep. And then the team before that was Underworld or, or OWA? Yeah. And they got revamped yeah. as well?
1: Uh, yeah, Underworld and OWA both got revamped before anyone could play them first so time around. So seven so the last seven teams. before that.
0: And yeah, the ogres got rejugged as well. So the eight of the last teams, four have been brand new, and the other four have all been adjusted. Uh so i just this is why i lean on the side of norse getting an adjustment and then do you know what we're going to get trips from the conspiracy point of view it's going to be the classic games workshop has changed this up to set the third party on fire
1: well, of course i have a third party norse team that um uh, never quite have made it onto the tabletop <laughs> mainly thanks to a pandemic so uh, oh yeah. yeah that was um, good yeah, really, really hoping that uh, I can uh, get the get the team out of the models and, uh, yeah, they might be the next uh, next team that I look at.
0: The next project team. Yeah, Milton built a custom Norse team um, that will never... Well, he, he did. He went and he came third in a tournament, I think. Or did he win? No, he didn't quite win. I think he came third. Uh, so had a good outing with his Norse team, but he was like, oh, for flip's sake, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about it because this and is he called it while he, he was doing it. it he did actually and this is definitely one of the massive risks of team of legend is games workshop they like change they like change for the sake of change most of the time and teams of legend they're not risking anything by changing them up um and this has led to some great theories i don't know if you've heard these ones strips like about um amazon's being folded into Norse was one of the biggest ones that people were talking about. Um, Cause obviously the aesthetic of just a bunch of barbarian women is doesn't massively line up to where games workshop want to be from a corporate standpoint now, which, and they've done a great job making things more sensible, making armor, armor for the, for, oh, sometimes anyway. Um, and that's just, you know, and mixing up the genders in, in every model kit now feels like it's almost a 50, 50 split. Uh, between
1: yeah I, I i don't think they'll do that with the amazons and, and norse i think i think i think we'll see a norse team as a norse team um i think the yeti's a good sign yeah um uh, i'd I love i a lo- popular team they
0: i'd love a couple of shield maidens though if they go a norse design more akin to a vikings design then... yeah i mean when i think of norse i think of the classic norse model who's bare-chested with one arm one arm curled you know, standing there, jolly as the day is long. That's what I think of when I think of the Norse team. Um, but actually, if they go a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, Vikingy instead, it there's there's a cool bit of design there to go with. Um, and but I get loads I of design
1: and so much hobby space because yeah, there's you, you you can pick a Norse team from many different worlds, many different. uh uh, bits of lore yeah and no one's going to argue that it's it's not a norse team
0: no exactly oh there he is norse lineman 2 that's that's who i'm talking about let me see if i can get this up on the screen Ooh, there's some pixels in that isn't there about five of them that's oh never mind um pixels for the win right where's my there's a picture there i do love the classic norse models they are great they are dumb but they are great, and the Norse team itself has a really cool playstyle, I think. Um, but that's yeah. If we move away from this design and go to something a little bit more sporty, I think it'll be a pretty, a pretty decent factor. But if they don't, and I, I can also see in Norse being the first team that they just don't touch, um, because their thrower gives you an option to just flex out and i mean I, I got a lot of flame uh on on tinterweb when i did the north starting rosters or no the north tournament rosters and i included a thrower because i was like the heck are you including throwers thor like don't yeah. even take them don't even take them and they become a leader caddy in a tournament environment that's it and I, I, but i can see because i think because i think players think that's dumb games workshop tends to go ah it doesn't
1: need fixing right now i could see them dropping block from the north thrower and throwing on running past there just to oh, really get us talking about it
0: that would yeah here's a player that you don't like or now you really don't like him um <laughs> yeah let's give him animal savagery as well just to really go for it Whoa, what do you think about the old foreigners getting animal savagery
1: that would that would sort of fit uh that would change quite a lot how you build a roster because you have to think a little bit more carefully about it what about naught to four old warreners
0: but they have animal savagery or something that would be just Mm.
1: horrific but this is it then 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 you're looking for the skill package where you can take pro all over the place
0: (laughs) yeah interesting one it's interesting to see i mean i'm very lucky in the i have more teams than i can ever ever use so when it comes to team of legends like i'll make a team and and run it and actually upgrade it when games works Should drop it and I'll, i mean look at, i've got like four dwarf teams and i'll probably never run one and it's just it's fine so when it comes to the norse team or the amazon team like that i do definitely caution you from going third party there's some great stuff out there but it, it it's a risky 80 quid if you're picking up a third party team
1: um especially now. I mean now now you know they're 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 coming. I'd I'd wait and we've seen third party companies respond really quickly to the roster changes and get the additional positionals or the additional player sorted. So yeah.
0: Yeah, Gribo are especially very make, good. At this. Yeah.
1: Um yeah,
0: I love it. Well, I think that basically wraps up the Norse talk trips. Anything you think we've
1: missed? No, just that I think uh, we'll uh, see a lot of Norse in the second half of the year in tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I wonder what they'll do star player-wise, but hey, I guess we'll find out in a couple of months' time. we're back so a big release at the moment is the 2022 almanac now this uh was pre-ordered last weekend comes out this weekend so i thought it would be worthwhile talking through some of the contents now there's a couple of bits we're not going to go into massive detail on because we kind of want to take that away and play with it before we do so brief summary of the contents before we take a deep dive into anything the necro team necromantic team nobility and black orc and the corn, their spikes, the information in their spikes, the setups, the team development articles, the star player articles, everything from those spikes, that spike 11, 12 and 13, is in this almanac. So if you've got those spike magazines, you will already have that content. If you don't have those spike magazines, well, then you are good to go and you are in for a wonderful time with this almanac because spike 11, I maintain, is the best spike they've released and uh, the corn one's great too, and there's a lot of fluff in those, which is wicked. The second, and I think probably the most important thing in this, is the Goblin Star Player rules. Now, the Goblin Star Players, we've seen the models. The models aren't quite released yet, but the rules are in there, and we are going to have a good chat about those. All Star Games, which is an interesting one, which was literally just 11 plus star players against 11 plus star players we'll have a little chat about that trips um, there's long-term contracts which means actually hiring a star player permanently on your roster as well that's one of the things that we're going to do in a theory thursday multiplayer dungeon ball. we'll talk about that and the referee rules which is straight out of the white dwarf so if you've got the spike magazines and you've got the white dwarf the goblin star player rules are in here they will be released as pdfs at some point so if you've got all that gear you are getting all-star game rules long-term contracts and multiplayer dungeon ball the long-term contracts piece is really important if you're running a league that wants to use that rule so if you're a league player that contracts bit is going to be really important for you because your players are going to ask you if they can just keep hack or more keep griff on the team so definitely one to uh, to be aware of when it comes to this almanac it's an interesting one so um trips you 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 said this a second ago the the almanacs you know what, what do you think they're supposed to be and who do you think they're supposed to be for uh,
1: so well they 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 are absolutely here's everything that was released last year that's not in a book um and from wherever it was written or, or done and a little bit of bonus stuff in it, which is really good. And it's, and it's for someone like me. So I haven't bought the spikes last year. Um, I've enjoyed looking at them, but I haven't bought the spikes. And I've always had the almanacs cause I want the, want the complete set and want them, but it's nice to see them in that lovely hard bound book at the end of the year and all yeah. in one place. And it's, it's, it's a real little treat. <laughs>
0: It, it is, and it is a bit... Um, if you've got all the gear, it is a little bit superfluous. But I do also like, like you said, that they've got little articles in there that give you a little bit extra extra content. It's it's just a nice release to have, and it's at a pretty reasonable price point. So you do not need it. Um, if you're a league guy, there's definitely that rule in there your players are going to ask you about. So someone in the league is going to need it, or watch The Theory Thursday next Thursday about it, um, because it's kind of yeah it's, it's definitely an optional rule but it is quite an exciting rule um i just the books are really nicely done the dungeon ball book is really nicely done i'm upset they've not released the digital version of the dungeon ball book because actually the digital versions of these books are excellent we use them all of the time because they're so useful to get on while you're in a meeting at work <laughs> like, yes. hmm, what does that skill do <laughs> yeah uh, it's just a pretty useful way of doing it um so yeah that's what the almanac is for it is not so some of the other games workshop uh games they have the general's handbook um and they have the uh, what's the, is it chapter approved for 40k uh...
1: Chapter approved for 40k tomb of champions for uh, the for war, cry. war cry uh that has got pretty important
0: competitive stuff in it now games workshop with blood bowl if that important competitive stuff comes out in the faq which is actually pretty great the almanacs are just for completionists for collectors and i think death zone is probably the best example of this where death zone was a hundred percent full of stuff that you two hundred percent do not need at all and the almanac is very much like that like you don't need it at all but if you love Blood Bowl and you love reading stuff and you just love having a good book to flick through, it's a really great place to be. Um now, if you've got the necromantic spike, you've got the corn spike, and you've got the imperial nobility and black orc spike, which I didn't think was that good, uh, then two-thirds of this book is going to be nothing to you. But as it stands in the release schedule right now, the most important thing in this book are those two goblin star players Ian. And i think this is the biggest thing that comes out of this and yes the pdf is going to be available for these star players at some point on the site and if you buy them the star player thing from forge world the stats come on the back of the card fungus the loon and uh bomber dribble snot land here and i mean have you seen the stats for these guys yet trips
1: yeah I've seen the stats. they uh well... If you're a goblin coach, you are so happy to finally see some more options.
0: Yeah. Fungus the Loon is... Ju- they're, they're both excellent star players. So Fungus the Loon, Movement 4, Strength 7, and 3+, plus, Armour 8+, 80k. Ball and Chain, Mighty Blow plus one. Loner, four plus. No hands. He grew up and Stunty. So 80k, which is what? Ten more than a standard Ball and Chain. One extra movement, which when you are a Ball and Chain is massive. And massive. And Mighty Blow. This is the perfect fanatic for 10k more. And he's got the Whirling Dervish ability that once per activation, not once per half or once per game as the rest of the star player's power but oh, i didn't use Hackflim's star player ability no never mind um which is apparently very forgettable the whirling dervish means you get to re-roll once per activation the, the d6 when you're rolling the scattered template to determine which direction you go so he's got movement four and really you and those movement four you get five shots at hitting something that you want to hit before you even go and take two rushes like an absolute madman and you get a mighty blow on those blocks for 80k it's just
1: yeah. you, you you can't see a goblin team that won't have fungus in going forward because it, it's just why would you not <laughs> yeah
0: i mean this guy puts the fun in blood bowl or puts the fungus in blood bowl should i say um and then and then you've got bomber who is Also excellent now i don't know if you'll always see the goblin teams take both like that i that two star player maximum is is important and actually there's going to be times where you don't quite have the amount of cash you need but bomber dribble snot 50k movement six strength two edge three plus passing three plus armor eight plus 50k right 5k more than a standard bomber uh accurate bombardier dodge loner plus right stuff secret weapon stunty so here's a bombardier with plus one passing and accurate this dude is two plus quick bombing stuff it's wicked
1: for 50 flipping k Again, you can't not look at that when you're well if you were any other coach you'd want that and if you're a goblin coach you're like I need it. I need him to hit what I need him to hit.
0: And if you do hit the dude you want to hit and they catch it, his ability kaboom means that once per game, someone who catches a bomb, it just goes off anyway. So you throw it at that war dancer who's three squares away. It's a two plus roll. And then if they try and catch it on a one, they drop the bomb. And it explodes, and they go down and get mighty blown by the bomb. And if they catch it, it explodes. They go down and get hit by the mighty blow bomb. This is a two plus. I'm going to punch your ward answer in the face, and he's it's just. And you know what? If you're standing six squares away, fine, it's a three plus. And if I roll a two, it's just going to bounce around three squares anyway. This is epic. The bomber and fungus gives you more goblin, right? Bomber. This guy is, you know in Saving Private Ryan, you've got the dude with the sniper rifle. And he just wins the game until, you know, the tank happens. Uh, Spoilers. Bomber Dribblesnot is the sniper of Blood Bowl. And this is just such a superb equaliser. And that, I think, is what's been missing. from. If you see you're coming up against a goblin team, you can be pretty flipping sure that they're going to be running Bomber or Fungus maybe even both. And that's a challenge.
1: Yeah, I think having played against them in the old version, both these guys, just seeing one of them, it makes you play the Goblin team differently as an opposition coach. That's what you want out of your star players. You, You want your coach to have to go, I can't leave him there or I can't get in his way.
0: I, I have to play around this. This gives me this it's a new I mean, you know i was always talking about like the fact you do mixed teams and things like that is a different way to play and presents you with new challenges. Well, you're playing against the goblin team, there's danger now and there wasn't a huge amount of danger before it was like right they've got a fanatic that's fine i'll stack my guys up against the fanatics and the trolls are going to troll things well now this dude's got two fanatics and a bombardier that is once per game just going to nuke your cage like doesn't even matter doesn't matter at all you cage up and bomber is across the pitch that cage is going to die at some point now, obviously that is a little tiny, minuscule piece of hyperbole, and there's always definitely opportunities to not let that, that happen. But you know, that's fine. Now that is goblin teams. The team list for both of these guys, which is Badlands Brawl and Underworld Challenge, is also, and I, I, I don't think I'm being over the top here. I do love a bit of that. I don't. This is game changing. Okay, Badlands Brawls, Black Orcs, who have half price bribes. Oh, yeah. Chaos Dwarves, who are not a bad team. They're not even in the bottom 25 teams, right? Uh, and there's only 28-29 game, 28, 29 teams in Blood Bowl. Um, goblins, yeah. Ogres, who are not necessarily short sure of inducement cash. Orcs, who actually could use a little bit of spice every now and again. Snotlings, who have unlimited money. I. It's They might as well be called... I can't be called the Amazons because that's actually a team. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the Bezos yeah. Snotlings. Well, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. The only problem for the old Snotling coach with these is they're almost so cheap that what are you going to do with all the rest of the that inducement cash? Because you can't have five wizards.
0: But you can't. I don't believe the giant takes up a star player slot, does he? It maybe does no. actually. Maybe does
1: anyway yeah, i think yeah. it does as an injury.
0: yeah and underworld challenge so scaven teams can take these players and so can underworld and and this is really interesting because these te- these stars are so cheap and quite frankly so ubiquitous you have 100% hit on it right there trips is the only time these teams are not going to be running both is when actually it leaves them with too much money left over um and All of these teams, with the exception of Chaos Dwarves and kind of Ogres, could max out their roster. Goblins, you can basically get everything you want. Black Orcs, you can get everything you want. Orcs, definitely. Snotlings, too much. Ogres, you know what? It is a struggle to afford more than four Ogres. Skaven, you get everything you want, basically. And Underworld, you get everything you want, basically. So a lot of these teams max out on their positionals and gear at 1 million. Which means if you're in a league, you've got a new team or you're punching up you've got these guys available. But yeah, the difficulty is, the limiting factor is going to be, uh, if you can afford Hackflem, I think you're still taking Hackflem for most of these teams. Yeah. But if you can't afford Hackflem, you've got this, and it's not even the most exciting bit, In I'm so excited by this. You can also take Creek Rust Gouger, the Verminator, who is 170k, but also has an auto bribe in there so let's just let's say he's basically worth 120k and comes with a free auto bribe him plus uh old ball and chain fungus that's 200 and, what is that 240k for both of those star players so with a goblin roster you can run a fanatic and a creek and a dude and a fungus and it's just absolute carnage i i just think this is awesome but i think you're right I think because these are so cheap we are going to see them so often. I mean
1: oh yeah. I mean I'm I'm looking at it as a, a as a blackhawk coach in the league going if I, if I have a bad game and I'm missing some players or I'm playing a higher TV side I'm actually going to have the chance to induce a star player now and I'm going to enjoy that. Yes, it's fun. There's a there you get choices.
0: And that's really cool because they're both sitting in that inducement sweet spot of, oh, I can afford a keg. Like, keg and change is kind of how it goes. Well, now you can take a keg, you can take another bribe, goblin team, or you can take a bomber that hits stuff on a 2 plus. Or you can take a, you know, Skaven team. You're punching down, okay? You're at TV 1100, you're playing against a TV 1200 team. Would you like one apothecary? Or would you like a strength 7 movement for mighty blow ball and chain? That can equalize on numbers. I remember running Fezglitch against a dwarf team with my Skaven team, and he made a difference. It, it, it's it's almost removal. It's 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 not everything in Blood Bowl is risky, right? But this guy gives you the opportunity to take out zero to three players. And it's it's swingy, but it's gonna work. And most importantly, both of these guys are going to when you deploy them in a drive, it is going to warp. game your opponent is is gonna have to change up their moves otherwise they're just walking into
1: to a disaster and it's huge you're gonna have to have to play differently when you play against them as a goblin coach now you've got options that you haven't and for the other teams you're gonna have options you haven't and if you've, got a, if you've got a small bit of inducement cash, you want to be able to get a value for money out of that rather than thinking, did I ever roll anything with that keg? I've got a These guys we're going to see them a lot. Man. Yeah, we're going to yeah. see them a lot
0: in tournaments, um, in league, and I think that's that's excellent. I think they're the biggest win for the Almanac for me. Now, back on the Almanac, we've also got the All-Star Games to look at. Um and this is really interesting. I mean, what what was your thought on this trip?s Of eleven stars versus eleven stars.
1: I think for for experienced blood bowl players, this is just going to be that classic. It's another bit of fun, um, and it's something else to do and and go. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there's few people going to want to do it and have to buy a few more models as well, which uh, (laughs) GW will be really upset with you if you spend more money with them.
0: What's that? 22 star players, minimum 20 pounds each is uh, about 500 pounds. Um, so part of me thinks this is super cool uh part of me also thinks whoa 22 different players on the pitch with different stats and different special abilities excellent exhibition match like really fun at the end of a league we did this with at the end of wobble three we had a pro bowl where we split the coaches into two teams and we drafted players and it was fun but complicated and i think these star players would make that even more crunchy but you're right it just gives you a cool other way to play the game
1: uh I... at least in this game you wouldn't forget that star players had a special rule because That's every turn point. you'd be using like two yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite interesting. The, the article goes in there and talks about um, how to draft star players as well to have a draft. So if you take a, a star, you can take a star player combo. So Gracka Crumbleberry or the Swift Twins, uh, but it costs you two picks. It's it's quite cool. And if you're in a league situation where you've got a Saturday morning or a Sunday evening, now the NFL's over, you could be like, oh, let's, let's draft and play a star player game. You know, this is cool. Um, It's a it's an interesting one. And yeah, I, I love that they're opening up this. But, you know we've looked at tournament stuff when it comes to the goblins the biggest league impact here will be the long-term contracts now it's a real short article it's like three pages um it's it's interesting uh the way it's done is you 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 buy a team you, you kind of attach a star player to your team uh, like I said we'll go into more detail in uh, theory Thursday for next week um so that if you have got a league this is kind of it's gonna brief you on how it works. Uh the interesting thing is if you retain that star player into the second season, they lose loner. Um mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because I think we've talked about this with free agents before. You know, actually, if a player levels if you know, because we the one thing missing from Blood Bowl is the ability to make big trades um and i think we're going to see that at some point in an almanac because you know when it comes to the nfl or even like english football you big trades are really exciting. So Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and going to the Buccaneers was huge. You know, Stafford going from the Detroit Lions to the Rams and now taking them to the Super Bowl is huge. Everyone panicking about where Garoppolo and Rogers are going to go next year. You know, yeah. it's a massive pickup and it's a really interesting bit that's missing from Blood Bowl. Um, but we've talked about like, actually maybe you could trade for players, but they join and they get loaner and at the end of the season, if they stay, they don't have loaner anymore. They've done this with star players and uh and one thing we talked about in i think a couple of episodes ago was um about uh star players having a a special roster that you can take that's a slightly warped version well this kind of fits that is you can play a griff team now and that's that's something that blood Bowl doesn't have like you can buy a griff model you can love it but you may never get to use him
1: yeah, and it's merging that line between that tournament roster that you spend weeks bubbling up, and you finally build it around that star player and the league team where you desperately, desperately want to play with a star player just once in the league. That's that's yeah. giving you that option to to really to use your miniatures and play with them more. So, which
0: is yeah, it, I think it's really great. Um, whether you're going to see it used in your league or not very often, I don't know, but I, there's going to be a when it comes to veteran leagues, competitive veteran leagues, you know, um, they may not like it. It may be not suitable. But if you're a rookie league and you're playing Blood Bowl because you love the fun of playing Blood Bowl and you love the carnage of Blood Bowl and you, you know, every week you're you're busting out your special play cards because it's really good fun, then actually taking the the Morgue
1: Snotling team Imagine playing a little stunty league where everyone's play stunty leagues star players rostered in.
0: Yeah. It's just it's just a really cool way to have a bit of fun with Blood Bowl and I like that. And talking about fun ways to have Blood Bowl, multiplayer dungeon bowl. This this is really interesting. Um it's super rules light. Okay. You build a dungeon, you add an end zone per player. And you can score in any one of the end zones, and it's the first person to score wins the game. And you play clockwise, basically. That's yeah. it. That we've just described that entire segment. But I mean, trips. How much
1: fun does that sound? Oh, that's that's just that's gonna be really good fun. That's, uh, I mean, it's it's another way to play the game. It's gonna be a bit of fun. It's gonna be one of those where. There is going to be a game one day where some poor soul goes, I haven't even had turn one and the game is over. How <laughs> did that happen? <laughs> at that point, you rack it up
0: and play a game. Uh, that's why I think Dungeon Bowl and Sevens are similar in, in that regard. Is that actually you, you play the game and a multiplayer any kind of game generally speaking is a terrible idea because it doesn't matter how many players you are playing with unless you are playing on teams someone's going to get ganged up on and you cannot support other players other teams players which is a very good rule so you can't just yeah uh, no my guard's gonna support in this guy in, in this turn uh, so actually that's a sensible ruling there as well so how that interaction works is
1: is useful um this feels great for that whole you can meet a couple of mates for a a sort of a quick gaming afternoon you're like oh i haven't played any dungeon bowl i haven't played any dungeon bowl well let's all play some dungeon bowl and let's have some fun yeah
0: i i think that's really cool um uh, i mean i really would have liked to see some other rules or some more stuff in there but actually what they've got in the article is very logical uh, and it works out nicely, and uh, and that's 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 awesome. Now, talking of articles, the referee rules in there is it, the article from from White Dwarf. It was White Dwarf, wasn't it? Yeah, White Dwarf it was in. Yeah, and and that is the almanac. There's a bunch of pictures in it as well. There's some stuff in there about who won the Blood Bowl each year, but I don't know like how important that is to you.
1: I, I... It's, a, it's a nice bit of fluff. It's a nice, it's something just to to fill out your knowledge yeah. it feels a bit more like the the old companion yeah that they with, back in second edition days when you'd be like oh i never read
0: that tiny weird article the the second edition handbook was peak blood ball though i think would be it was excellent that's that i love that thing um right well that that wraps up the almanac's contents ian what's your what's your thoughts on it positive negative
1: uh, medium absolutely absolutely positive i am uh can't wait till saturday to go pick up and uh she'll be flicking through it uh saturday afternoon uh while uh, brewing up what 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 bit of hobby to do next
0: yeah so i think it's always important to to take the angle of better if that's that's a that's a probably just a, a life thing um it's great to have it together in a book if you haven't been able to pick up the spikes or haven't wanted to pick up the spikes this is going to save you some money and it's got a load of cool blood bowl stuff in and they're opening up what they're doing with blood bowl um it is rules light it is content light if you've already got the other stuff uh and like the all-star games the long-term contracts and the multiplayer dungeon bowl is probably about six pages of things um having it together is pretty wicked but i feel like they could have given us a little bit more but then it would definitely be wandering into death zone territory and i don't know if they know what the difference is i don't know yeah like this is like the all-star games long-term contracts multiplayer dungeon bowl that feels like death zone content um and i I don't know if we're going to see a death zone again i assume we are but yeah strange one that's probably my only criticism is that it is rules light if you've already got the gear but i mean it's more blood bowl and more blood bowl is more better so i'm a big fan of that anyway we've got one more topic to talk about so we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be right back and we're back so this um technically has nothing to do with blood bowl but i think there is an opportunity here or a potential of this potentially straying into blood bowl land so on the 28th of january games workshop warhammer community site dropped said things just just entitled warhammer and the itc so the itc is the international tournament circuit and is run by front lane front line gaming yep and it's basically a worldwide tournament series, and it's for Warhammer 40k, it's for Age of Sigmar, it's for Kill Team, and I think they do Underworlds as well. And what Games Workshop are doing is teaming up with the ITC. So basically the article said it's early days, so we'll have lots more information coming, but... um we are forming an official partnership with the ITC to further support and champion Warhammer gaming across the world. Uh, the headline for now, taking part in the official Warhammer events will earn you ITC points. Here's a quick look at some of the things you can look forward to. Uh, every participant in an ITC tournament event, no matter how big or small, will have a chance to win an invitation to a special annual event and will even cover your travel and accommodations. Uh, there will be a host of new event types and formats on offer. So whether you're a steadfast competitive player or committed narrative player, there'll be events and awards that recognize your skills and achievements. We'll be amping up rewards and recognition for the hobby track with prizes equal to those on offer for the gaming accolades. So basically, the ITC puts some rough rules in place for tournaments. And the Games Workshop have gone, wow, this is this is big. What we'd like to do is support with prizes and just making it more official and more special now in some ways it is very similar to what the NAF does in fact if we just have a quick look at what the itc page is before we go and look um it is there's a there's kind of like a, a little thing here so there's different categories to be eligible your tournament has to be a certain amount of things so um in order to qualify to be a rogue trader tournament your game has to have four or less rounds has to have uh, less than 28 players if you want to be a grand tournament you have to have five games with at least 28 players or 20 for age of sigma uh, if you want to be a major you have to have 40 players for Age of sigma and 58 or a super major it's 200 plus players and seven rounds like so they've they've, they've got a really simple structure as to what what events mean and, and how they qualify them and you get points per event which is very similar to a lot of the uh, tournament series that happens in the NAF. now the tournament series for the NAF have been um paused while the pandemic goes on which i support wholeheartedly um before that i was running the swtc so the southwest tournament championship i don't know what's going to happen when it restarts but the games workshop i've seen what the work that's going on with the itc and want to kind of partnership with it so where best to start talking about this um should we, let's go good bad good ian i think let's let's be professional about this yeah so, the good side, I mean, what do you think about Games Workshop? Flagging up this organised play thing and going, hey, let's support you with
1: it. Well, I, I think if you're a competitive player and you're going to tournaments, to have GW put their support behind it properly gives it some increased credibility, gives it much more visibility. Um, and gives it some nice loot as well in the tournament
0: yeah more loot is more better as well um so that it's really cool that they're, they're, they're not they're kind of giving it an official seal uh the the thing that I am um, I was giddy about when I saw was this bit here um, you will have a chance to win an invitation to a special annual event covering your travel and accommodations so um prior to three years ago magic the gathering had the pro tour and the pro tour was you played in certain events and you got points and if you got a certain amount of points you'd be invited to there was once one a quarter was a pro tour um and if you won enough grand prizes and stuff you got the points to be invited to a pro tour and you could go to a pro tour and game and and wizards would most of the time pay an attendance fee or the travel cost and it was televised and they had proper coverage and it, I just fell in love with it. It was just it's just awesome. Um, and this smacks of that and it, uh, I find it so exciting. And I think it's best that we take the big, huge jump now in is just imagine a Blood Bowl. Imagine the Blood Bowl Invitational hosted by Games Workshop at Warhammer World. And they pay travel and accommodation. Can you
1: imagine? That is all of a sudden you you'd see people really racking up the tournaments, because it'd be worth it to, to get to that.
0: I just it, I just I just it it's just so amazing. Now 40k. Now this is the difference here that 40k age of sigma they, you know, it, it costs like, to start playing Blood Bowl from nothing, alright, we're talking 25-30 for a team, 25-30 for a or you know let say you buy the box set and a team it's a hundred pounds or so to get into blood bowl proper okay yeah. you can do it for less if you've got a friend if you've easy
1: got... less if you've got a friend
0: yeah if you've got <laughs> friends who are already in it then you, you can get into blood bowl for free because people who play blood bowl have too many teams so straight away you can get in there for free um um but you know 40k age of sigma you, you can't play that aos just getting into it is going to cost you 200 pounds 40k very similar and they have a a bigger meta where the 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 um uh should we say the the capital attrition is a real factor like uh, when it comes to age of Sigmar and 40k because stuff gets nerfed and therefore is no good to play anymore we don't see that in blood bowl which is wonderful like you know if you're a goblin coach now they're not going to all of a sudden say well actually goblins are now strength one they're not going to do that which is wonderful they potentially might do that with dwarves at some point but probably won't and probably don't need to can you see or do you think it's feasible or do you think games workshop could or would want to buddy up with the NAF to do a similar thing
1: well you can see a road map to it now on the basis that they've started and and Let's really hope that this goes well for 40K and AOS. I think whether it's with the NAF, you it's a it's a slightly different organization than NAF. It I mean, really is. Yeah. It's it's more about single tournaments rather than election um, um
0: it's it's really interesting. The NAF, um the NAF does more with less, right? When it comes to this. So the ITC does not do a lot. Like you get a point score, they don't massively care. About other stuff they've got some restrictions but actually it's about the points and you take your top four results or something like that and they're running through their website's really like there's one page and it breaks it all down and that's basically it Uh, they do some stuff really well like here's a spreadsheet fill in the spreadsheet send us the spreadsheet like really good stuff way easier than it is to report tournament stats for the NAF Um, and the NAF the way that the results and stuff it's very it's it's its own microclimate and it works and it's it's cool fun the the itc framework is a lot more it's just a lot light it's a lot lighter touch and it's it's a weird one it's a lot lighter touch but it's also more competitively driven and, and so you're right like the NAF is different from the itc in a whole bunch of ways um and then do generally really good work i mean i've got to say massive props to to our Weatherall and um and Alex, uh, whose whose name is Stimmer, Alex Weiss, who's the tournament standing in tournament director, yeah. like they're they're great. They're super supportive, and and you know the whole NAF crew fight against tech and legacy stuff. That oh, man makes corporate Ben just giddy. But um, I just the 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 exposure for Blood Bowl. Yeah and itc is is very i don't know how similar it is uh, this is my biggest question because the NAF was a huge element of blood bowl and still is but people who get into blood bowl will find the NAF at some point and it's not like it's ubiquitous it's a really strange subculture of blood bowl they do great work and I'm very happy to support them in in every way I can. Um and they host the, the World Cup, but the way I think it's because Blood Bowl is so incredibly feudal. And yeah, I think it because of how it's organically developed over the the dark age Uh, where it was dropped Uh, you know every league does stuff that's slightly different every single tournament has to do its own thing and you don't see that quite so much with 40k like you go to an aos tournament or a 40k tournament it is how many points is it cool what are the missions like that's that's where it is like that's it so the game is the game is the game standard
1: tournament games
0: exactly whereas blood bowl like you said i think you called it is It's more about individual tournaments because individual tournaments tend to have a really strong individual feel. Um, And this is the interesting thing about Beachhead is historically all of our tournaments, we go with a a thematic element of it right this is our mixed team tournament this is our underground sevens tournament where you're playing in the sewers and there's going to be splash the first beachhead was on the coasts of albion so there was extra wind and weather and you could take a swamp troll as a monster um you know we leaned heavily into the theme this beachhead is potentially the closest thing to a standard competitive format for blood bowl that, that is out there it is 1100 you got five or six skills go like it's real clean and crisp, and that's unusual for Blood Bowl in a lot of time, a lot of times. Whereas the ITC is kind of clean and crisp the whole time because of that overarching competitive vibe. But just the prospect of Games Workshop going, whoo, here's a proper big Blood Bowl event. Um, but I do have another question for you, Trips. The the ITC there is a I think they said there's a a four thousand dollar prize for the overall winner. At the end of a year or something like that um i read this earlier and blood bowl there's there's great prizes at tournaments but you don't really play for the prize you play for the victory most players play for the fun but if you're going to go and try and win a tournament it's to say that you won a tournament it's never to be like I'm gonna win this to get the loot. I'm gonna win this to get the money. Here we go. Last year, the player won four thousand dollars in cash. The player that does the best overall throughout the year will be the circuit champion. Um, how do you think it would change the Blood Bowl competitive environment if we started having cash prizes for Blood Bowl?
1: Well, I think any time you bring in a prize of that value, literally of that of that value, you're gonna you're gonna bring out the more uber competitive side of gamers and there's there's that ruthless streak's gonna come out more often um and the flip side of that is sometimes you you're gonna not have as great an experience is gonna need to to win and crash and absolutely score every point they can because they're in it for the long haul so you're gonna get much more of a long-term competitive impact because of it yeah
0: it's it's an interesting thing and do you think do you think that the increased prestige because let's face it if there was a, a monetary thing or a bigger press thing or or the the pomp and circumstance of it became greater um there would be more players that's i think that's a pretty a pretty reasonable narrative to say the bigger the prize pool you know the bigger the the bigger the prize pool the bigger the um the publicity the the kind of more interest you get in it um you know look at beachhead it's happening at the big at a convention and we've got nearly 100 players right that's that's not a surprise those there, there is a correlation there um do you think that given the fact that most tournaments are swiss do you think it would balance overall to say that actually the I don't know what's the best way to describe it the the tryhards or the the pros let's let's say the pros, uh, the pros being mixed in with the standard competition would be a bit of a would you think it would balance out with the bigger attendance? I think it would balance
1: because I think I mean you, you see the way the ITC is doing it's 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 sort of. The points are, are weighted to those huge tournaments the major and the yeah so if you're still going to your smaller tournament that's a bit that's 20 30 players uh, you're not going to score as many overall points for it you're still going to have that small tournament bit of fun feel yeah and yeah as you said if you if you if you don't do Outstandingly in game one and two, then there's pretty little chance you're going to be up against the new competitive pro in the third round. You're definitely yeah. into stunty, snotling fun.
0: <laughs> and this is something that has been overwhelmingly brilliant about every Blood Bowl tournament I've gone to or run is yeah, sure, there's maybe I don't know four in every hundred Blood Bowl coaches are there to win a game, like they're there to win win. Uh, as it's an amazing percentage and you know what you, you can still have fun and because of the way the prize structures are and because of the way that there are spot prizes um which reminds me i need to order the table dividers the colored table dividers i'll do that in a minute um i do uh yes mustn't forget that uh, because that's how we're doing spot prizes there'll be colored zones that will be a one spot prize per colored zone. But yeah, but you can still like, oh, I'm having a garbage time. But actually, uh, right. If the first person to get sent off for fouling is, is a prize, let's go foul. Let's so well, I'm going to go for casualties. I'm going to go for, for fouls. I'm going to go for stunty. And and you see a lot of that. And you tend to have people go to, to Blood Bowl tournaments to kind of go for a minor win or go to learn a team or go to. Like, I always bring up Gary. Like, Gary is just an absolute flipping legend. Yeah. Uh, he came to Bonvember. I was like, what roster are you running? He's like, I have come here with the goal of, in my three games, to use scroll to throw the ball deep to catch it. So he took a couple of goals with catch, and he nearly pulled it off. And, like, that was his goal for the tournament. was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do today. I was just awesome.
1: Like... It nearly turned a completely uncompetitive meta into the thing that we all wanted to happen for the day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so great. Like that's the great thing about Blood Bowl. And and I I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I am I am in two minds. The the magic the gathering player in me, the one who loves the the excitement of a competitive of a of a an esports event, thinks, oh wow, like this is amazing. If we could get you know t-sports blood bowl this is where this is i'd love to see that but then actually the blood bowl player in me who loves going to tournaments and just playing a great game with great people all the time doesn't want that to change and it's a really interesting mix i i, I think i think we should move into the so that was the positives and i feel like we're taking a bit of a climb down into the the potential grim dark. um it, Blood Bowl tournaments, the percentage of third party teams, printed teams, conversions, is pretty chunky. Like really quite big. I would say it's almost fifty split, you know, between and it's not and this is a really interesting one, is because the games workshop teams are really affordable as far as the game goes. But you don't you you know, you you buy the the orc team. Um, then you find a really cool one that you want to 3D print because it's a cool, different team and I want to take that to my tournament. Uh, Do you think, or is it feasible that we'll see the Games Workshop restriction on models creep into the ITC kind of events? And do you think that would be... How massive do you think that would be for Blood
1: Bowl? I I think it would be... Really restrictive for blood bowl, as we've said. And you said that the number of people who will have a third party something in in there, you're going to cut a lot of people out. Whether they would do it for all of the tournaments because they're more partnering with the tournament organisers rather than setting the rule. You don't know now, but it is it's probably a little bit of a wait and see for. How it goes over this year, but you you could definitely see it happening. The uh, standardization, um, and the GWA is the GWA.
0: Yeah, and, and that would be my potentially my biggest concern. Um, we could see this get more price support, we could see this get more prestige, but we could also see it become um cleansed a little bit. And and I get it, like if Games Worship are going to sponsor these events, um, to the point where they are going to want coverage in one way or another, whether it's pictures of the battles going on, pictures of the top winning rosters and things like this, you kind of have to put a restriction in place because otherwise they're sponsoring an event that they will get nothing out of. Cause if, if everyone that, so, you know, same games workshop sponsored a blood bowl event and two thirds of the teams were, you know, flipping Punga, Gribo and printed stuff. Um, that really adds very little value to them. It's great to have a Blood Bowl tournament, but they like the coverage angle. They like being able to show pictures of top rosters and stuff. Um, because it's part of the it's part of the excitement of the game. It's like, hey, buy this roster, buy this team. Um and because you know Games Workshop is really the way Blood Bowl functions is is the games workshop releases form the core but then there's so much added on to the outside of it you know in blood bowl games workshop stuff is the pizza base right we go nuts on the toppings and the sides but yeah yeah, but but in 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 40k and aos like it is you know the, the thing you can kind of spice it up with is maybe a different source and that's that's very different um and i think i don't know do you think it would affect attendance
1: I th- I think it would definitely a- affect attendance for there there would be a period of time where it would impact on attendance because yeah, most Blood Bowl tournament players will have more than one team and therefore they will have a GW team. Yeah. But half the fun of tournaments is you take your crazy third party team and you, you have build a build
0: something great to share it.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, what would Joe Solo do? He'd never go to a tournament because he wouldn't be able to take his crazy, yeah. how on earth have you built that and why that? And that is a massive part of the modeling stuff, is finding
0: stuff that is not suitable for Blood Bowl and running it in Blood Bowl. And I just, I absolutely love that. It's so much good fun. And that's the beautiful thing about the way Blood Bowl works. This is going to be really interesting to see. Um, and I don't know if I would be surprised if Games Workshop and the NAF teamed up and said, hey... You know we're going to support your events um i mean we're lucky because we run our events through enjoyment, we get games workshop support anyway so phew, good stuff everybody like thank you games workshop for giving us extra stuff to give away to people who will not use it um <laughs> it, it's interesting um i'm most excited about the the potential of a blood Bowl invitational hosted by games workshop that could just mean we see some of the best blood bowl players pay play some of the best blood bowl and blood bowl is about carnage on the pitch right that's why we like that's why we like mixed teams we like dungeon bowl is because this is every single turn is its own unique problem to solve that's great fun but actually you know what putting andy day andy davo against somebody you know like just pro it would be really interesting and i just want to say i'm available to cover that event because that would be so sweet
1: um, would you like to be there on the telecast oh, i'd be amazing
0: i could be the i could be the marshall Sutcliffe of, of blood Bowl. that would just be like happy ben all day long um because i would love to see that and that would be something that is great and i'm really gutted that we can't do it for for beachhead um because we don't we don't have the the, the tech really, at the event, and we don't have the timings to do it, which is a massive shame, and I want to get it going in the future, but running an event and also doing coverage, it, it's not something that we can do with our team. Like You're being amazing and helping out this time, Trips, which takes us to a grand total of three people to run a 100-man tournament, which is going to be fine. No worries about the running of the event, but we also can't take three people yeah, out don't have, that.
1: don't have the film crew and the space and <sighs> The Wi Fi and <laughs> that
0: is mostly the concern about the, the Wi Fi and, and the electricity and everything. Um, but my goal is to, my goal, my goal is to this time next year be able to maybe, if we do Beachhead next year, we might be able to. We've got a year to plan that we can, you know, bring on some people to help run the event and help with the, the, the stuff. I mean we might be able to pay for support which would be really amazing and we could do a really big event and and really go all out but um my dream would be to cast games for the NAF World Cup that that would just be something super special and uh I really should probably do something about trying to make that happen whether they're interested I don't know but the NAF uh, World Cup stuff starts happening in three days time the applications start going through so... so yeah and then the bid, the voting starts on the 6th, so it's, it's going to be an interesting month for Blood Bowl um, on the big side, but, but that's the NAF World Cup is so different from Games Workshop, like so separate from Games Workshop. Really is the difference between Blood Bowl and their core games. It's, it's interesting. Anyway, Trips, I think we've covered everything on the roster for today.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: all good. That is fantastic. At Trips, thank you so much for, for jumping in and um, and hanging out. Always love chatting blood bowl with you.
1: No problem, no problem.
0: And um guys, thank you very much for joining us and for listening. And we've talked about a load of stuff today. So please let us know what you're thinking. Are you happy about Norse? you Are happy about the Almanac? What do you think could happen when it comes to competitive Blood Bowl um, with Games Workshop? There's a huge amount of stuff going on, and we'll do our very best to keep in touch with you and to keep sharing the information. But for now, we should uh, probably go to bed. So thank you very much for watching. We'll be back soon with more Blood Bowl content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead podcast merch on our spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking.